Yo, BJ Gajor here, and it's movie time with C-dubs. This is a good one. We are talking Jordan Peele movies. In particular, uh, well, the three that he's had so far, Get Out, Us, and Nope. And uh, you might be surprised by which ones we like or don't like today. We'll, we'll, we'll try to be, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, when, anytime you review something, it's, you don't want to become overly critical, but I was surprised by how I responded to Nope. I was expecting a lot more from Nope. I know, I, I know you, C-dubs, you kind of felt like uh, it, it didn't live up to the hype. Not to give away any spoilers yet in terms of what we're going to talk about, but what was your, I mean, why don't we start with this? First of all, those that don't know, Chris Warren is a legendary member of the DailyBJ.com, our videographer for a few years, especially during the pandemic. We called it Pandemic Productions. And he's also a local LA videographer, cinematographer, and he's a movie buff. This guy sees a lot of movies. Myself, I've seen a movie or two every week for the last 40 years. So that's my experience. <laughs> I'm not an expert, but man, I've seen a lot of TV and movies. So talk to me about Jordan Peele. And obviously this, this was also the guy who was the wingman, if you will, of the Key and Peele comedy series that took the world by storm uh, not long ago. And then he's now become like the leading guy in horror. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of funny because there's actually, man, now I'm blanking on it, but like there's, there's a good amount of comedians that kind of transition over to horror. I mean, uh, like one right off the bat, like Pete Davidson, you know, he's just in that Bodies, Bodies, Bodies film that just came out. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but you know, it's it's this weird thing with comedy and horror where it kind of goes together. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I was a fan of Key and Peele. Um, I really liked a lot of like uh, how they approached their their sketch comedy and how the look of it was. Um, and uh, I know at the time when it was airing, the the cinematographer on it, Charles Papert, like he. He approached it with with a sense of realism. That's why a lot of their skits don't look, you know, comedic. They look real, and I think it changed the way we viewed comedy going from from then. And then, uh, and then, yeah, then he broke out on his, uh, I guess, on his own, becoming a writer director. And uh, yeah, I mean, now we're here talking about his movies, you know. And do you think it was a? F I remember one time watching a Dave Chappelle stand up one of his Netflix specials and he was like uh basically they stole his Chappelle show concept that that was his interpretation of it uh do you think that was a fair thing to say I mean because you know in like it's 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 one thing to say oh you did a similar type of I mean I, I felt like they made it their own they had a very yeah. unique approach and um but at the time I was like oh, it's interesting to say because like you know he's one of the top comedians in the game uh he walked away from that show for lots of reasons when it was like at its peak, but um, it's almost like what would you expect them to do? Not like make their, I mean, you're going to be influenced by everything before you, right? I mean, that's, that's the reality of all of this, whether it's film, fitness, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen much of the Chappelle show. Um, I mean, I'm aware of it. I've heard of skits from it. I just haven't actually seen it. So I can't really speak much on the look of it. Um, but I mean, I think Keen Peel, I think they did their own thing, you know? And, uh, but again, you know, you're always, 
as artists, we're always influenced from something else. So, hundred percent, and yeah. you know, part partly too, we're going to talk about his three movies today. You know, one one thing that we kind of texted about after we we, you know, I finally saw Nope is uh, and you suggested too. My wife also did because I saw it with her. Is is Jordan Peele going down the <laughs> the M Night Shyamalan route? Yeah. Where like he had that amazing first movie get out and you know has not been able to really in, in in our minds I guess or the minds of the critics been able to capture that original one and by the way at a much lower level I can I can speak to what it's like to come up with multiple projects right so people seem to still always love Speed Shred the most mm-hmm. and I had several projects come out that I thought were just as good if better like uh, I feel like people slept on the Bodyweight Burners project um, Ten Minute Tortures has like a, a cult following but. Uh, and then Metastred was like the closest to Speed Shred. It didn't do maybe, it, 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 actually, I think it maybe did just as well. Um, but the Metastred Extreme, the sequel could not live up to Metastred. Also, it was an advanced program. So, like, it was automatically going to be to a smaller uh, group of people. Um, but anyway, it's tough, man. Like, you always want to live up to the hype of your, your, your best work or everything else. But sometimes people just don't feel the same way and so, so we don't mean to be overly critical today he's obviously a genius he's set he's good for life you know so um yeah. but i mean get out was would you would you agree like get out was kind of the perfect script i, I think get out was a great script released at a great time and uh yeah i mean i think i think that movie is going to you know, you know when we look back and we're like, oh, what are the classics? And we talk Godfather, we talk Jaws, we talk Rocky. I think, you know, 50 years from now, I, I don't think we're going to be talking Us. I don't think we're going to be talking No, but I definitely think we'll be talking Get Out. For sure. And, I mean, they might be talking about No for, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but what do, you, what do you think was so great about Get Out? I mean, obviously it's... Um, and, and there's there are some like intense racial dynamics that we have to navigate in talking about all the films, particularly Get Out. Uh, we'll do the best we can with that. Hopefully, we don't get canceled, C Dubs. But uh, from a cinematography standpoint, uh, what really stands out in terms of why that movie is so uh, so praised and that it will be remembered? Because it's it's definitely um, what I what I like about Jordan Peele's horror that he does is is the like the thriller aspect and i mean uh because of get out and and us he he helmed uh the reboot which i have not seen but i want to of uh he produced the reboot of the twilight zone with contributing to writing most of those episodes and producing them um so so i i like his style and and the the uh, the visual aspect of Get Out. Um, I mean, for those of you who have not seen it, a few spoilers ahead, but uh, like just with the whole um, hypnotism, a hypnotizing aspect, and like how they filmed that with him just like falling and like the TV screens and like further away, and then um, just just little little cool things like that, and and you know then there's those there are those jump scares. You know, with like the deer in the road, and and then there's like intense moments. But um, I just think uh, 
you know, it was, it, it, it was a trip. With the twist at the end, you're just kind of like, oh, snap. Like, you know, this is this is cool. This is a, a cool twist, you know? Phenomenal cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, really, yeah. you know, well, I think the, uh, I don't know if it's underrated, but Allison Williams, I thought, killed it. Oh, yeah. The way that she went, like, from the, like, nice, supportive, loving girlfriend to just, like, like cold, psychotic, uh, manipulative killer. Uh, and then she would bounce between them. It, it was, I was just really impressed with, with how she did. And, uh, obviously the Dean Armitage, uh, Bradley Whitford, who is, uh, the nemesis to Adam Sandler and Billy Madison. <laughs> I thought he was a genius in that particular role, uh, but it's it's a credit to him, man. Like he's he's a he's a great actor. Like he can really do a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, and I think it, it helped uh, launch launch careers of people. You know, like with Daniel uh, Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, Field Stanfield. Like you know. Uh, like Heath, I mean, he then went to, um, oh gosh, his other breakout movie was, I think it was like, Thank You for Calling or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, I forget the exact name of it, but uh, yeah. I saw that too, and he's just, he's a different type of cat. He has a really unique uh, personality and delivery, and he's also on, uh, there's a hit FX show called ETL. Uh, which is real. It's really. I, I really enjoy it. It's 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 really different. Like some of the episodes will really kind of trip you out. Um, it's with Daniel Glover, who's also a singer. But um, that that's something. If you're looking for something really unique, uh, in terms of like a 30 minute series, definitely want to check out ATL. But so you know, Get Out is is one of those films too. I think people that don't like it. Uh, it's 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 one of those things. It's if you don't like it, it almost feels like you just felt uncomfortable with it because it, may, it does it can make you really uncomfortable, right? One of the things yeah. they point out is, you know, um, I guess white people sometimes being a little bit too comfortable mm-hmm. around uh, black people, you know, saying some things they probably shouldn't say, um, or or the the need to kind of reach out and connect, you know, like the whole. Uh, I would have voted for Obama a third time, you know, like, and his girlfriend even said, he's probably going to say that at some point, And he did. Yeah. Um, but again, they, they played that really well. And, you know, no one will know what it's like, um, uh, you know, as African-Americans would in this country, but feeling isolated or uh, made to feel like they, they don't belong. But I, I can speak just from my own personal experience where, you know, um, half white, half Arab, when my father would take my mom and I to the mosque, and you, you would feel like they would look at you like with disgust. Huh. It's like, who are these white foreigners invading? You know, that, that's, that's how it felt. You just didn't feel welcome. And they'd have to be explained, oh, no, he's, his father is uh, Muslim. Because I wasn't as dark as my dad. Um, and then, you know, there's also just from the class standpoint. I mean, uh, I went from, or, or when my dad would come to like an all-white event, uh, being the only brown guy who spoke weird, like, He'd always be off on his own. Like no one would really kind of bring him into a, a social circle. These weird dynamics, man, that like it's really hard to talk about. Um, and then from the class standpoint, uh, I, I ten- attended this like really uh, rich college preparatory school on financial aid. And like we'd go to events and stuff. And there's all these like the richest people of Milwaukee are around. 
and just don't you don't really fit in and they don't really give you uh, access. So uh, I thought the movie just did a really good job of um, just from the standpoint of what it's like to feel like an outsider, just that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was like legit uh, scary, like not just the I think the psychological aspect of it was really well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially like, you know, with him, with him having that issue in the beginning of like, you know, are your parents cool? Do they know I'm black? And then there's that cop moment. And then, like, when he gets to the house, and then they're all, like, accepting, and then, you know, he's just kind of weirded out by it, and then you realize that the twist at the end, it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know? But it, 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 was just, it was just a good movie overall. A yeah, really great movie. Great movie, great cast, and uh, it, it was one of the first, it was just a unique portrayal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the long-term jokes in movies is that, um, you know, uh, that typically are, you know, uh, a white driven cast is that there is like one African American who dies early in the movie. This, this has been parodied in a lot of different films, but so this was, um, you know, again, it, it was, it was a movie led by, uh, with a black lead who goes through just a really, uh, I mean, really trippy, like you said, the hypnotism, hypnotism scene was intense. Uh, and by the way, I've, I've seen it three times and every time I see it, I, I, I appreciate it more. It is one of those, like, because once you know what's going to happen at the end, you can rewatch it through that lens and you pick up on some more things, the hints and the subtle, because uh, the writing is really tight. That's really what I'm getting yeah. at. Like, there are no holes in the plot and it all connects really well and uh, in a way that maybe the subsequent films don't. Yeah. No, I agree. And, I mean, what we, what we talked about earlier with, you know, comparing him to Shyamalan, I mean, kind of the same thing with Sixth Sense. You know, that movie was was really tight. And, you know, uh, it was one of those ones when you go back to rewatch, after knowing the twist, you pick up on those little things and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I see that. And then, but, yeah. Uh, and then, but, but he, he's, had, he's had a hell of a time since, hasn't he? Oh, man. Yeah, like, you know, go, his follow-up, Us, you know, I think. Uh, oh, I meant, I meant. Uh, oh, and, Shyamalan. Yeah, Shyamalan. Yeah, like it's oh, he's he's just people. The critics, I think, have been extra harsh on him because they they they've expected uh, him to just repeat uh, a masterpiece. And again, that's tough to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shyamalan. Uh, not to get too off track, but like you know, he had Unbreak. Uh, yeah, Unbreakable, and then Signs, which were both pretty good. And were well received, and then um, I think it was like the village was all right. Like I, I personally, I do like it a lot more than most people. And then uh, what it was after that was the happening, and I think the happening was like the happening started to be his downfall. And then he did like Lady in the Water. Well, there was the mist as well. He did. He did that. I thought he did. Oh. But, like, I know he did one with Will Smith, like, After Earth, which he just did as a paycheck to do, um, which then he did his own called The uh, the Visit, where, like, children visit their grandparents. If you haven't seen that, that one is actually really good and kind of his comeback. And then, um, and then I don't know if he did another one after, the, or he did Glass, which was a huge letdown for me. Oh, he also did Split. Split was really great, too. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been prolific. I mean, he hasn't yeah. stopped working. Uh, but man, no, yeah. it's... Uh, you wonder how much... Because um, the pressure of having to try to come back and like match something, 
Because again, yeah. a lot of it is just it's 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 a time capsule, right? It hit at the perfect time, and yes. uh, there's a nostalgia associated with uh, that type of thing. And if you're always comparing it to that, it, it's, it always feels like it's a letdown. So what, what can you do except keep going and uh, try to keep making your best work? And then, you know, taking risks. Yeah. You've already proven yourself, so why not take some risks? I mean, I think, I think that's, that's a mindset as us artists slash creators need to really think about is, is not to top yourself, just to be bold, be creative, and, you know, just keep making stuff. And, you know, the audience is going to love or hate it, and you just have to have the thick skin to get through it, right? Yeah, man. Like, I'll, t I'll tell you one thing. Um, I've been making content for a long time, and when I'm making good content, there's a fearlessness to the content. Mm. I don't care if something tanks, because uh, ultimately, it's, it's just a piece of content. I got to make another one anyway. And if anything, you learn, you learn from all the content you make, like what works, what doesn't. And then sometimes something you think is really good won't hit. And then something you think is a piece of turd does really well. So uh, all you can do is just be consistent and hope that a couple things really resonate with people. And the way I, the way I look at all this too, like as long as one person enjoys it and benefits from it, it wasn't a total waste of time. Exactly. You know, and uh, <laughs> I guess you could, man, Nope, Nope. I just saw Nope, Nope a couple of days ago at the time of recording this. And man, I counted every minute of the two hours and 15 minutes that I was there. Had I honestly, like, had I not um, had to do this podcast with you, I would have walked out. <laughs> well, thank you for, for hanging in there. I mean, I... <sighs> I'm unmixed on Nope. Like, when I, when I walked out of the theater, I saw it with my wife. We walked out, and it was, it was I think it was like two or three days after, after it, it came out. And so there was, like, on social media and everything, there's a lot of people just being like, oh, my gosh, Nope is fantastic, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a great movie. And so I was excited. And, I mean, from the trailers, we were both excited to see it. And then after seeing it, I mean, I I really like that that Jordan Peele put a twist on the UFO story, which hasn't been done in the past fifty years, you know, or so since like UFO movies have come out. So this was the first twist on that, which I think was great. But the whole I don't know. I don't know if like just like certain story moments just didn't go anywhere for me with like the whole side story with like the chimpanzee and like the Asian guy. It was like, what? Like I, I since have theories about that, but at the same time, I, I don't quite understand where that was going. I mean, there were some cool sequences for sure. Like the whole like blood raining over the house. Like that was visually cool. Like the cinematography, what they did, like new techniques was awesome. But story-wise, it, yeah, it just kind of was a note for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, and we'll talk about uh, uh, Us as well, because that's kind of like, I think it bridges the gap between these, these two films. But, man, it was just, it was slow. Not a lot happened. Uh, the jokes weren't like over, like there wasn't enough comic relief for it to like make up for the fact that this movie wasn't scary at all. Like it wasn't scary at all. Like there, to me, there was, there was nothing like there was not a lot of uh, suspense. Not, nothing was really scary to me. Uh, 
particularly the way the, the UFO, like, uh, it's, Naomi called it like a sky mollusk. Yeah. Just its representation was really strange. Um, I mean, it was highly original. Yeah. Highly original. But um, there, there was like true suspense. And I, I would not call this movie a thriller. Whereas like Us and Get Out, like, no, they had some real like classic horror moments. This to me kind of felt like um, Wild, Wild, Met, Wild Wild West meets Alien or it was just, it was, it had, it had a little bit too much. Um, it just wasn't based in reality at all for me. Yeah, I think, I think the scarier moments were with the side story of what was happening on that TV show. Oh, the chimp, man, the chimp, that, yeah. that chimp scene. You know, yeah. What is it about yeah. like the chimp? You know, they go, they go for the face in your hands first. Yeah. Their level of intelligence. They know if they can get rid of your hands uh, and they ta- just, and they are so strong and vicious, but so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was, it was just an interesting movie overall. Like I, I did like some of the throwbacks. Like, uh, if anyone's been in that Burbank area and, uh, you know, there was the Fry's electronic store that he goes to, which Fry's went out of business a couple of years back. So that was a good throwback. Um, I think there was a lot of good throwback to old Hollywood. Um, I loved, I love the cranky cinematographer character in the movie. My wife joked that that's probably going to be me in like 10 years. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like cool moments, but um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was enough cool moments to make it, a good film. It's just all moments. I mean, look, if it was a, if it was tightened up to be like an 80 to 90 minute movie, mm-hmm. that could have made all the difference, but the, it, it was two hours and 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a long, and again, like we're talking like, there's a stretch of an hour where like not much happens at all. And there's just a lot of waiting. And, um, also again, like I think the actors did the best they could with, with the script, but uh, kind of muted performances, like you know, uh, the, the, what I liked about the the ch- the chimp scene. I think the chimp scene was just like an overall theme of just ex- beware of exploiting people or animals. Or I mean, technically, they were exploiting the UFO mm-hmm. at the expense of uh, the risk of, of attendees in the theme park. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously the. You know, the chimpanzee, he didn't really sign up to be uh, on this TV show. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think because, like, we never see a follow-up in the, in the film. But, you know, when he's a kid hiding and he puts his hand out to, like, make friends with the chimp. And obviously he survived because we see him older. I think he, he thinks he can have that relationship with the UFO. You know, and like, you know... And that's why he keeps buying the horses from the horse ranch to, you know, sacrifice. And, yeah. Yeah, he, just, he, he thinks he's been been blessed. Yeah, yeah. Because why, why else would he not have been, like, everyone, the other people that were there on set got schmurdered or at least maimed beyond recognition. The, the girl in the audience, I mean, it's, it's like horrific to see what happened to her face. Oh, oh right, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so like there's these, there's these really unique, like, uh, that was, that was tense. Like that whole, the chimpanzee scene stole the whole movie. Yeah. 
Uh, for sure. And um, also, it was I just... I still feel like it didn't go anywhere. No, I mean, and, and well, the, the horses, again, the horses are being exploited. Um, you know, but what's interesting, too, is, like, the, everyone that is in the film, um, like, lead characters are all... Until the, the white cinematographer comes at the end, they're all like they're all minorities. Yeah, um, it's uh, someone uh, that looks uh, Latino. There's the Asian uh, kid who becomes like the he le- leverages his child stardom into this this uh, entertainment park based on it, and then like people can pay money to see like the shoe of the girl that was maimed. <laughs> you know that that secret room he had, mm-hmm. and then uh, obviously Daniel Kaluuya and. Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer as brother and sister combo and their dad. That that I will say too, it was pretty um the way the movie starts, and again, spoiler alert, where basically uh we're getting a little audio feedback there, C dubs. But bas um where like a, a coin falls from the sky and kills his dad on horseback. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was an interesting start to the movie. So again, like it started kind of, I thought it started with an interesting flow and then all the middle of the movie, just like there, there was a little bit of action at the end with the, the bike and the horse trying to like maneuver the UFO into being, but I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find the, the most positive way I can look at it, but it, it definitely, uh, fell, fell short in my opinion. And like the here, example plot, like, why would the guy, the cinematographer, who's like he's obsessed with getting the best shot, why would he go on a kamikaze mission there at the end? It made no sense. Yeah. No one can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, I guess, I guess what you just said a few minutes ago about like the exploitation of like the horses and like you know trying them trying to get a photo of this thing, you know, uh, just just to be famous and, and prove. So I mean. Maybe, maybe we're thinking too much into it. Maybe not, but like the whole like everything being exploited just to be famous off of, you know? Yeah. Well, you know when TMZ shows up as they did in the movie, uh, you know, th- that's the, TMZ is the definition of exploitation. It's it's kind of funny because I'm I'm on IMDb here and like just the the top review just says like exactly what we've been saying, that this movie is all over the place. Even Peel admits it in some interviews. So it doesn't, so much doesn't make sense and just begs for you to have to look everything up online just to see what it means afterwards. Movie snobs will be out in full force defending this movie. Don't waste your money. <laughs> and I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of there, you know, like, like I, like I said, the cinematography was cool. There's some really cool moments. But it is kind of just all over the place. Yeah, I mean the the, the one the the setting is cool in the, in the kind of desert style. Um, yeah, it's it's and you you weren't sure too. Like, is the character that uh, Daniel Kaluuya is playing is he on the spectrum? Like, he has some issues with. Um, there's some personality issues there that you're not really sure what's going on, or is that like his interpretation of the performance? And again, there was. Because he's obviously an amazing actor, he's capable of doing doing a lot. But it just felt like a really muted um, performance by him. Where like, but maybe that was what they they wanted. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's been forty eight hours since I've saw it, I, since I've seen it, and 
my opinion hasn't changed at all from my initial reaction, which was, man, like I, this, this, this doesn't end. Mm-hmm. What, what about us? I mean, us to me is, I think has some of the freakiest moments of all of his movies. And it has yeah. a really interesting storyline about this like subterranean, uh, not not necessarily alter ego, but like parallel universe versions of ourselves, tethers, so to speak, uh, or anchors. But and it, it starts really strong with with like the home invasion stuff and you know, the way they're kind of riding into this beach community with this, you know, at night uh, theme parks are always really like they, they actually have a frightening capacity to them at night. Oh yeah, well, carnivals, yeah. Carnivals in general, right? Just the whole carny <laughs> theme, right? <laughs> um, but it doesn't really come together at the end, though. Again, incredible cast. Um, what's your, what's your, what do you got to say about uh, us? I what I really liked about us was was pretty much the whole movie, but then the the twist is. I mean, it, it was, like, cool, but it still, like, it didn't hit a home run for me. But I still enjoyed the movie because, yeah, everything else, like like you said, started off great. I agree there. The whole home invasion stuff was wild. And, uh, like, and the performances from, like, Winston Duke, uh, you know, they were just, they were just really, really well done. Um, but I also think, you know, maybe Jordan Peele also felt the pressure since Get Out was such a huge hit. You know, it's like, oh, I got to make a great follow-up. How do I do that? And, um, yeah, I think the ending, it, 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 like I said, it's cool. It still is kind of like a weird concept, but I still prefer this movie as a whole over Nope. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it's still, again, uh, I've, watched, I've watched that at least twice, maybe three times, I forget. And... Uh, Lupita was amazing the way she did the, the, that that voice oh, yeah. and this those crazy like uh, like random movements I mean really like some serious acting um, Elizabeth Moss is in it too and again like there are um, you know some racial themes to all of this uh, you know one, he has like a friend uh, he has a friend that he I believe a co-worker and they both have vacation homes at, at this uh, beach area, but his friend is, uh, you know, he has like, he just got the new generator and it's just, he's got a nicer place. And I, I think my interpretation of that was that even um, just there's, there's always the edge. Uh, there's always that, that edge that can happen. This stuff's tough to talk about. I mean, it really is. It's tough to talk about, man. But um, yeah. You know, we, we have a lot of white people listening to this too. And again, I am half white, so I do the best I can. Um, but just that, uh, he, this guy, they have like the same job, everything else, but he's, this guy is still way more ahead in life. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. And that, that there's, it's not necessarily wrong. Um, and they don't really, his wife uh, doesn't really fit with Elizabeth Moss when they're hanging out on the beach. Mm-hmm. But... Really, the, the the what where this movie lost me was I, I like the concept of a tether, like this, like in all of us we have. For most of us, we're our, we're our own worst enemy, right? 
the, the mental games that we can play with ourselves, like a lack of self-belief. And if you have a lot of negative self-talk about you, it can literally sabotage all of your hard work or your intentions. And the other piece of it too is like the way that your life would turn out if you had more opportunity, uh, a, a faster start versus just having nothing and being stuck in a system that just perpetuates that. Um, it's like, where, where, would, where would I be without maybe the education I had or maybe a, a, a couple of coaches and mentors that really helped guide me when I was struggling? I, if I look at the tra- trajectory of other pieces of my family where someone died, uh, I have a cousin that died from alcohol at 29. Oh, wow. I have a cousin who has four kids with four different guys. Maybe I'd be in jail. I mean, I, I, I had, I got, almost got thrown out of school for fighting. Um, so it, it just, I thought it was an interesting way to just show like, but, but, but then too, like, how would you feel? Who would you be most scared of? If there was, if there was two of you in this world, wouldn't you be scared of like the other you? Because he, yeah. wouldn't, he, wouldn't he come and try to take what you got? Yeah. Which is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that would freak me out. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's the worst yeah. fight. It's the worst possible fight. Cause it's a 50, 50. Basically the only person who's going to win is hungrier. Yeah. And, and most likely if it is a worse situation, me, <laughs> you know, can you imagine like, it's like, dude, it's like your biker persona. That you remember you showed up to one of the Get Some Gains films with the, with the whole biker outfit like you were from Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, right. You would have like a switchblade. You'd have the, the wallet with the chain that you could choke me with or choke yourself with. Because like real C-Dubs is a nice guy. Yeah. But then there's also the alter ego, which is uh, Crash Course, the backyard wrestler. The Crash, yep. Yep. Who's going to win? The guy that backyard wrestles or the guy that's just filming and has a professional business? I mean, yeah, I would not want to fight that that other alter ego for sure. Because you know that your alter ego bites. <laughs> Probably. Oh, for sure. Probably. You're biting anywhere to survive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's that's what, you know, bringing it back to us. Like, I mean, even the, even the title of the film is cool. Because it's like, uh, you know, it, we think it's about them. The, the actors on the screen and the story, but with the title, you know, like what we were just talking about, like we do have, everyone has that tether, you know, whether it's, it's real or, or not like, you know, a physical person somewhere under the earth or just our, our negative sides that we're fighting. So I think it, I think, I think us, you know, is is deeper than it than it's led on to be for sure. And, and it had another good twist where like uh, we thought the whole time that uh, I, I guess we'll just go with uh, above ground underground uh, Lupita or Red is, yes. her, is her name. We thought yeah. that it was I, I, the twist actually messes me up. We, we didn't we didn't know who it was. Was it the underground? Or the uh, above ground person the whole time, or who's who's left at the end, and um, can you explain it? Because I'm actually I'm, I actually forget now which it was because it was it was a good twist. Yeah, well, uh, I think I think the because it was the above ground little girl that gets taken and switched out with the underground little girl, 
And then the underground little girl is grows up to be Lupita that we see. And that's why she couldn't talk. It was because she was living underground. Yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily from the trauma. She was just, she was unsocialized. Yeah, but she still had some vocabulary. And then, you know, led, led the revolution to get back her life. And then, um, and then, yeah, I think, I think she succeeded. <laughs> well, yeah, she, yeah. she ends up, uh, well, the, uh, then she goes from above ground to underground, leads the revolution and comes back above ground and, and wins and then, you know, lives her life, but also is forever changed. Yeah. Like to the point yeah. where like her son is like, is, I don't know which one this is, or is this, is my mom like for real at yeah. the end? Um, because he saw like the noises she was making or how like aggressively she killed like being underground for that period of time changed her forever, even though she started okay. above ground. So, um, I mean, it, us is actually, it's, it's, it's a really good movie. I think it's just, I, I don't really know. It's hard to interpret the true meaning of that. And then they're all at the end, uh, you know, holding hands above ground, all the, uh, I guess you call them the refugees, uh, of the, yeah. uh, of the subterranean world. <laughs> are now above ground. I don't know how many people they killed. I don't know what, like what's next. I don't know what it means. Uh, I, I think it would be cool to see a sequel to us. Yeah. What would we call? We, <laughs> we, <laughs> um, them, them. Maybe. I mean, it all depends. Like just to, just to see where that goes. But I mean, at the same time though, I think, it's nice to have one-off movies, you know, to where not everything it has to have a sequel to continue. Um, standalones. There we go. That's that's the word I was looking for. A standalone story in movie. So I do like that. Um, but it, you know, because I guess leaving leaving our imagination to ourselves to think of you know what would happen, where does it go. I think, you know, to me, that's also more powerful than actually having someone tell me, oh, this is where this person ended up, <laughs> you know? For sure. And, I mean, man, it's tough. The, the one thing you have to give it to him is his his movies are very big discussion movies. Like, people will talk about them and they'll question yeah. and they'll, I mean, he gets people talking. And that's probably a great strategy from a marketing standpoint and... You know, but you, you do feel like some uh, critics are kind of treating him with kid gloves in some ways, because there's some there's some objective things about this last movie. The people that are raving about this being like an amazing movie, for example, uh, there's some objective things about it. I think it's like, oh, this is not. You might not you might like it, but you can't say this is a masterpiece. You know, it's tough because because like. How, how do you how do you judge something like that? Do you judge it solely off the story? Do you judge it solely off how it looks? Do you judge it solely off the performances, or is it a combination of all three things, or you know, and more, and you just kind of accept the final product? So I mean, it, it's tough because how they shot Nope with on film and with IMAX cameras, and then all the nighttime stuff was was an older technique called day for night where. Um, you shoot during the day, but you make it look like nighttime because if you have to light, you know, ma like massive fields and stuff like that, how, how do you actually do that? Um, if it, if for any 
people who've seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, that's one of the, I think one of the first uses of Day for Night. Um, but like, it, it's a film technique, how what they used to do. Um, so I mean, but bringing back all that and then shooting on film and then also having a love letter to film within the movie with the cinematographer and the film camera. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of cool stuff. And I mean, maybe that's what's swaying people to, to like it. Whereas you and I, you know, we're going off of the story, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how, how, how does one really gauge prod, a product, you know? That, that's a great, I mean, to the, the film point too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but part of what, uh, the reason they use that technique is because, uh, you know, for the longest time, a lot of cameras and lighting setups were for fairer skin and it was harder to shoot some darker skin. And so that's, they, they actually had some, they use some original treatments to get like, you know, cause Daniel Kaluuya has darker skin and it's, it's hard sometimes to like that properly. So was that the big part of, uh, shooting during day? Cause the, 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 like that one scene where he's in the, the, the truck and waiting for the UFO to pass, like that was an incredibly intense shot where they're right up on his face and you can see the whites of his eyes. Like as his eyes are large, just waiting. Um, and, you know, there's some comic relief where he, you know, they're like, they, they see the UFO and they're like, nope. Like in terms of, I, I don't want to deal with this, uh, but you know, um, at the end of the day, like it, it's how you experience it and, and you just, all you can go off is how you feel. Like if you leave, leave feeling disappointed or you were expecting more or, and I'll be honest, like I finally saw it now because we had Saturday at the time recording the podcast. So I had to get this in, but I wasn't really intrigued by the trailer. Yeah. I know a lot of people were like, well, I can't wait to see this, but I just, um, the trailer, trailer never hooked me in. I'm not a big, uh, not a big sci-fi guy. It may, not, may just been not a movie for me, but there's no denying, like it looked really cool and it had a great cast. Um, and you know, uh, it just, just like, again, I always go back to, <laughs> uh, not all the workouts I make are going to be winners or compared to the the ones you like the most, but as long as the intent is there to try to make something original and he definitely want, wanted to make something original and he did. For sure. No, he definitely succeeded there. Um, there's a lot of cool things that they did. Um, so yeah, I mean, just because I'm not a fan of the movie doesn't mean it's not a good product. You know, who knows? It's all interpretation. As long as, long as you know, Filmmaking is a business, just like most things, and, you know, as long as he makes money, makes his money back, and can continue his career, that's what matters, right? And he's going to. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's set now. He's set with that. Unless, like, there's a, a bunch of nopes that follow, but, <laughs> again, like you said, the it seems like, like, the, uh, the highbrow critics are loving it because it's just an it's almost like an easy thing to love because it's so different. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is good. And then everyone else, like more of the main audience is like, Oh, this is kind of like, this didn't really come together. Yeah. I do have to give a couple of shout outs to, uh, for Steven Young. You know, he's obviously known for being, uh, a star in the walking dead. He had a terrible demise on that show. Um, and then Keith David, he's one of my favorites. Oh. Remember the movie men at work? Oh yeah. With Estefez and Charlie Sheen and uh, Keith David is, he's the boss and they get involved in this like 
crazy. I, I got to see that movie again. That it's been a long time, but that dude has always been. He's been so, he's so intense and he's just so funny. You know, I really love Keith David's voice, and he's done some voiceover work, and you can tell when it's him, like on a commercial. Or oh something, yeah, and you're like you're like man, he's got a good voice. He he and the Allstate guy or Pedro Serrano from oh, Major yeah. League. Yeah, they just had they had just have special voices, man. But uh, he also just like he has an intensity to him that is just unique, and he always brings it. It was I was I was sad to see him go so early in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So would you agree in terms of like one, two, three, it is like in order, get out the best and nope is, I don't want to say the worst, but it's, it's definitely third yeah, in the ranking. I would, go, I would go one, two, three for sure. And, um, you know, I definitely, there, I would definitely like to hear what other people think of it. Um, you know, uh, all the listeners out there and stuff, just because, um, my, my, friends and, and, and co-workers, you know, it, it's definitely a mixed audience and a mixed bag as well. You know, people I talk to, either some really love it, some don't get it. Some, uh, I've actually had two people that absolutely hated the movie, you know? So it's, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good topic to discuss, you know, just, uh, what one thinks of a film. It is. It, it makes, it, I, I hate, I hate doing it in some ways because again, like, who am I? to criticize uh, someone else's work. Um, but this, this, this is a show to talk about movies. Yeah. And again, I, you know, I think it's one of those, you might have to see it. I, I, I don't know if I would recommend seeing it in theaters. I would maybe wait till it comes out because I left the theater disappointed. I'm just being honest. Yeah. And I was even telling you before the, the show, I mean, if I, if I, the next day, literally the next day after I saw it, it was available on demand to, to buy uh, at home. I could at least have had my Normatec compression sleeves on. I could have been getting some recovery in, Chris. I know. I'm, but yeah, visually, visually, it is cool. It, like, they shot it in IMAX. Like, it is a spectacle to see. I guess. <laughs> it's, you, you have to admit, like, it, it is slow. Yeah, it is slow. Like, either speed it up 20%. I, I mean, there could be moments, like, they could have cut out a good, like, 15 minutes of the movie. Because you know, what happened was, it, 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 the, the goal was to create suspense. It didn't. It just made it really drawn out because especially then at the end, it wasn't like, there wasn't like a terrifying over-the-top thing that happened. That made, that, the slow burn didn't pay off is what I'm saying. Had it been an 80 to 90 minute movie with a really tight flow, I, I don't think it would have mattered. But when you, when you make someone wait an extra 45 minutes... For like a reveal that I thought was kind of almost comical, like, I I don't even didn't even know what I was looking at. <laughs> but then, you know, to do a social commentary on this aspect real quick, like with all the fast paced editing and you know TikTok and all this kind of stuff, are we as an audience just impatient? You know, like what if? Because like if you watch a movie from the fifties, they are slow. <laughs> you know, so it's like. Like, is that, is that just, uh, an us thing? I get, you know, like a modern day society thing that we need to change. I mean, yeah. look, uh, it, it, it's, abs- it's absolutely possible. I mean, things are so, the attention spans of people, man, are so low right now. Like I look at some videos and, um, that we make and, uh, if I, if here's an example, if I make a, 
a 13, a, a 10 to 15 minute YouTube video. And like, dude, I edit it tight and I have it scripted out and there, there's not, there's no fluff in it. The average watch time will be like three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because someone might start watching it and then immediately stop. And that, that people that finish it, it just destroys the average watch time. But, and then even on videos that are 60 seconds or less, like, um, some of my, the ones that perform the best, like, you know, 70 to 80% of people will, will watch, they'll watch it 70 to 80% through on something that's less than a minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like tightly edited. And so I even had to experiment with like speeding up, um, you got to get things to fit under 60 seconds these days. So I've, I've experimented with like speeding up the video 20% and then even dropping the octave of my voice down because if I speed it up too much, the voice gets high. It sounds off. But if you drop the octave down, it sounds like I would at 100% speed. But the 120 is just, it's going to get more engagement. And then also it might trigger someone to have to rewatch it, which is good for your analytics. It just... It's crazy because I'm in that business of like finding a way to capture attention and keep it and make people watch. And, and, and you know, YouTube is all about watch time. Yeah. So, um, but now like, so you got to give him credit, like to go out and make something that's two hours and 15 minutes long, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Sure. You really are. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe just, um, that's why a tighter edit could have been, uh, again, I think as a 90 minute movie, my opinion of it, would probably still be third, but I wouldn't have, uh, my initial reaction to it was really negative. Let me just put it that way. I I tried to come to more positive spins since, um, I did say, I think I texted you may have been one of the worst movies I've seen. Um, you know, whether that's true or not, she was disappointed and it's, it's her, it's her genre. And she's, you know, she's actually a, a really good writer and, um, Really knows how to tie stories together. Just that's the whole thing. She just felt the plot was just all over the place and didn't really. Yeah. Um, but again, she was also yeah, like. That's what hits home with me too. It's like visually it was great, it was good performances. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, like that's what hit home for me too. It's just the story. Everything else was really great, but the story was just kind of not there. Well, here's a, here's an example. So uh, similar length film. Uh, it's called Thirteen Lives. Mm, yeah. Have you heard of it? Seen it? Uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, dude, highly recommend it. Like, same length, and technically these kids are trapped in a cave the whole time, and you actually don't even see the kids much. It's all about, like, the the scuba divers trying to go in and rescue these kids in this tight, cavernous cave that's been flooded. Oh, yeah, it's based off that true story. Yeah, it is 100%. And it's a long movie, but, man, you're, you're like... You're engaged the whole way because they really uh, the the videography was incredible, man. The way they shot these underwater scenes in the caves, like you really felt like the claustrophobia and like how could they have done this? And it was just it was incredible what they had to do. They actually had to put the kids under anesthesia because otherwise, like you know, you're going through these tight caves, and if someone panics, they can pull your your oxygen mask and you can both drown. And then they. The thing is, it was like, dude, six hours. They had to pull someone, another body, six hours out of the cave. That, that's like the real time of doing this. And halfway through, they had to administer another anesthesia shot. Like they were going to wake up. And you had to make sure they didn't wake up uh, and panic because then literally halfway in, you both die. Oh my God. So it, it was just intense. And um, it was so well shot. And it, it was just to me like, there's an example of, of a longer two-hour-plus movie that it captivates you the whole way. 
Sure. And I just felt like having just seen a movie like that compared to this, I, I wasn't captivated the whole way. There were some highlights, obviously, with the chimp scene and um, whatever else. But finishing off here, there's some there's some new shows that have come out uh, that I, I should recommend. Apple TV, it's... Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's about the, the Katrina disaster in this hospital. Mm. And they go through like... Just, I, I never knew how bad it was. Like, the, what people had to go through, the decisions they had to make with who to save and who not to save. And, and you would think, well, let's prioritize the, the sickest, but technically that's, that's not how you want to do evacuation. <laughs> you want to uh-huh. evacuate people that are most able and can actually evacuate themselves versus taking 10 people to move someone that was like, they had a couple like morbidly obese patients that were, um, very sick that require 10 people to move where those other 10 people could have moved a lot more people. Just again, these impossible ethical dilemmas. Yeah. And then they, they actually showed like when the levees broke and what it did to the houses. Oh my god, Dude, man, water, water is so destructive. Apple TV. That's a great one to check out. And, uh, Hulu has a new Tyson series. Oh, I've seen the first two episodes and I have to say like the dude that plays Tyson uh, he's, I've never seen someone, people have captured the Tyson voice before, but this guy like gets like Tyson's kind of almost dainty mannerisms down, mm-hmm. um, in a way I've never seen done before. So it's, it's, it's actually, I'm really enjoying it so far, two episodes in, and, uh, that's another one to check out on Hulu. Hulu also has the Lakers legacy series. I, I did a podcast with John Chansey about winning time, which is the HBO show. Yeah. Yeah. Which was so sensational over the top. And this is like the this 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 is the Lakers version. Like this was done through the Lakers, through Jeannie Buss and the ownership. And it's a much more sober representation of like the, the series of Showtime, everything else. Uh that's also been pretty good. And then there's also been the new House of Dragons on HBO. Oh, yeah. I don't have HBO, so I uh haven't seen that. So wait, you're telling me you have, so you didn't see Game of Thrones? I've seen Game of Thrones. So how, how did you see that without HBO? Uh, there's these old old things called Blu-rays that people own, and so uh, okay, I've so you you want, you want the Blu-ray route? Yeah. Well, I I just saw the first episode. I'm not sure what to think. Um, I think it has potential, but um, many people were not pleased with the way the show ended. You know, the the show it did it ended with a rush job because the yeah. the showrunners wanted to get out quick and move on to was it Star Wars? I, I have no idea. Okay, yeah. They wanted to move on to another project and they just didn't... They, they did in one season what probably should have been two. But anyway, yeah. what are you going to do? It was still one of the best TV shows ever. Yeah. Um, as far as what I've been watching lately, uh, I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows on Hulu. So, uh, What's that uh, about? Getting on that train. And then... Um, so if you're a fan of comedy, it's kind of like The Office... Uh, it's it's um, it was made by Taika Waititi, you know. So uh, Thor, Ragnarok, and Love and Thunder. So his series and his style of comedy. Um, and then uh, then my wife and I we've been enjoying Peaky Blinders. So we just started watching that um, to catch up on all the, all the seasons, which is really nice. I like that it's each season is six episodes, six or and they're an hour each. So six hours a season, and there's like six or seven seasons now. So. Something, something to get through. That's, that's, you know, that's, 
you don't feel as bad if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to because it's not as much time invested. You know, it's really funny because uh, there's this meme uh, with like this like lady making a face, but it's like she cringes at the fact of like a two hour plus movie, but then she's open to a fact of a ten ten episode hour long show. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's actually a funny way to again. It's it's all about presentation, isn't it? Yeah. Most movies, you just you, there's no real good point to stop, right? Uh-huh. Whereas if it's treated as an episode, it's just you, you get you get people to buy into it a little bit better. But I, I, I'm I'm all for a two hour plus movie when it's when it when it was it's actually helpful to be that long. Mm-hmm. There's enough story to tell, and it's not just it just it gets tough when it when it drags a little bit. What, what else What else is exciting that's that's coming out movie wise, or what's on your radar as we finish up? We got about four minutes left. Oh jeez. Um... I don't know what's coming up, but I did see a couple of independent films in the theaters. Uh, I saw B.J. Novak's uh, movie Vengeance. Um, B.J. Novak, he played Ryan in The Office. Um, So he wrote and directed a movie called Vengeance. Uh, Really, really great movie. Okay. Uh, I recommend seeing that for sure. One of my, it's in my top five this year for sure. Um, and then, uh, I saw another film with Aubrey Plaza called Emily the Criminal. Hmm. And, uh, it's a, I really liked it. My wife liked it as well. Um, it's, it's, it it felt like a real story. Like it was about a a woman who gets into like credit card fraud and how she does that. And it just felt very real. Um, you know, shot here in LA. So, um, I actually know some people that worked on it and it was just, it was a really well done film and, and I liked that it was a real story, you know, crime, <laughs> which I think is cool. So, yeah. There's, you know, August is a tough month in a lot of ways. Uh, I yeah. think, I think people get burnt out in August. For some people, the heat gets to people in August. Like it just, if, if you, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been really hot here. And oh, yeah. uh, August is when it's like, oh, the, the couple months. But again, like, look, you know me, I'm not complaining because it's nine months of perfect weather the rest yeah. of the year. And I would take this over the below freezing temperatures I came from any day of the, the week. Uh, but it, it, the heat can take its toll on people. And then, you know, you got like this transition to going back to school for some people. So, um, and, and then there's not a lot of content. There's really no good sports around. Uh you know, but but things pick up in September, so you just got to get yeah. through August. You just got to get through August. Got to get through August. What else? Uh, well, first of all, let people know where they can learn more about you, follow you, and uh, all things C Dubs. Um, Instagram's the best place to find me, CWDP one one two. Um, and then uh, yeah, my website, uh, ChrisWarrenDP.com. But uh, let's see, what do I got? I guess a big thing that's coming out uh, will be premiering on Paramount Plus on September 16th is a reality show I was a camera operator on. Uh, it's called My Dream Quintanera. So if you got Paramount oh, Plus man. and you're interested in watching uh, 10 episodes of that, check it out. <laughs> that's, that sounds like must-see TV, Dubs. <laughs> must-see TV. So, yeah, I mean, I got that. Uh, got some other stuff in the works, so, yeah. So guys, thanks for listening. And you know, it's it's always tough to be critical of things. I, I hate to do it, but we we, we want to be honest, right? Like, we just want to recommend going to see Nope in theaters. I wouldn't at least. I don't know what you would. 
you, you said you, you said definitely see it in theaters because it was shot to be seen in theaters, but yes. I don't think it was worth the price of admission. I'd rather see it at home, especially for free when it comes on one of the other outlets. But Get Out is uh, a masterpiece. Us is really good. It may not be as it may not be Get Out, but it's it's definitely intriguing. And uh, we shared some other great stuff you guys can listen and watch. We'll be back next month with something else. Love you guys. Peace.